Welcome to Soul Renovate Podcast. This is the third episode in a series of six episodes. We're thinking about Advent together this Christmas season. This third season, we're going to be familiarizing ourselves anew with a principal figure of Advent. Our first two uh, episodes, we looked at two figures that we don't necessarily think of that often in terms of Advent, the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist. This time, we think about a figure, Mary, whom we associate a lot with Advent, but maybe there's some ways that we don't think about Mary that we can learn from. So that's our quest today, Mary as a principal figure of Advent and beyond. Let's go. So hello, George. Hello again. So we are going to think about Mary in this episode today on Advent. I think everybody respects Mary. She commands a lot of respect from the traditions of the church. Certainly viewed and thought about differently and thought about more and or less in some than others. But she, I think everybody agrees that she's given a role that is really unique in the, not just in the Advent story, but in the whole uh, history. <laughs> of the world, I mean, what she is given to be and do is unparalleled Mm -hmm. anywhere. So, get us started, how do we, how should we think about Mary and her role in the coming of Christ? Yeah, I so remember distinctly my professors at seminary inviting me to go with them to um, evening presentations by other scholars reading their papers and and it was an ecumenical kind of a gathering okay so there would be uh, people from all faith traditions Christian traditions and they would read their papers and as a as a promising young seminarians uh, I would go with them just just to get better informed and instructed and all of that and, and very often I would ask them if somebody from another tradition presented you know I, I really am not seeing that much difference between what I'm hearing here and what I hear in seminary mm-hmm. and one of the things that um, that puzzled me a lot was this question of Mary, who she was, how do we need to think of her, and all of that. And and on the way back one time, one of the professors shared with me these words. He said, in some churches, Mary gets too much attention. Mm-hmm. And in some other uh, circles, traditions, she gets too little. Mm-hmm. 
And his words were, I think we need to find the balance because she is a unique person, yet she is fully human, like like the rest of us. So where is that balance in thinking about Mary, who she was? And since I've come to a different faith tradition, you know, from the one I grew up in, I think I think he's right. I think he's right. Um, I also remember growing up in <clears throat> in a faith tradition that placed a lot of emphasis on Mary. Um, I was actually in a convent in an orphanage growing up. Um, although our orphanage was called Saint Joseph's Orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary was dominant all over the place. Her mm. statue was in the chapel. Her statue was in the field where we played soccer, where we played other games with, with other kids. I remember one night, in the middle of the night, we got, there was an earthquake in Lebanon. Significant earthquakes that mm. the, the people taking care of us feared for our lives, and they asked us to all get up. I remember the beds all going one way, like there was about a mm-hmm. hundred beds in this dormitory, right. place where we slept. All the beds went one way, and then all the beds went back the other way. So we were kind of going back and forth for maybe three or four seconds, you know? Yeah. Not, not a very long time. And so we were warned to get up and to go to the field. And in that field, prominent, a prominent place was the statue of Mary. Okay. And we were told to go there and to pray to Mary yeah. to save us from this yeah. from this earthquake. So that's yeah. that's one one tradition that I grew up in. Well, we were spared, was that due to Mary or not? Mary, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm not here to say. Yeah. But that's how much attention mm-hmm. there was to Mary. When I changed faith tradition then Mary became a lot less, a lot more subdued. Yeah. A lot less prominent. Yeah. Was it like that for you too, growing up? You know, it's interesting because in my tradition, when it came to Christmas in the nativity scene especially, and I guess the, you know, birth of Jesus, Mary was... I guess you would say a central figure, but it was mainly limited there. We have a couple of snapshots, you know, in in the Gospels, particularly Luke, where, you know, Mary's there when Jesus is 12 in the temple, and it seems like Jesus kind of retorts at her reading through Western eyes almost disrespectfully, although I think we kind of know better when he said, don't you know, I need to be about my father's business. He probably really wasn't being disrespectful. We, most of us can see see that. And then she's there in his first miracle. And, and again, seems like gets a little bit of a soft correction by Jesus. And then that's it. You know, I think that it wasn't that my growing up, we we. We definitely didn't think lofty 
ideas about Mary, like maybe some faith traditions, but I think we almost went the other way and saw her as kind of a carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess even a more harsh way of saying it as a tool used by God mm-hmm. to bring Jesus into the world. Um, and we definitely gave her a prominent place there. But after that, I think it wasn't that we thought lowly of her, it's just that we didn't think of her much. But I think a lot of us from traditions like mine, we also probably have some curiosity about her. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. So it raises questions for us when we've seen some traditions make so much of her. But I think maybe your seminary professor was on to something. Yeah, I, I really think that he was on to something. I think I think he's probably right in saying what he said. Too much attention on one side and benign neglect. I think these yeah. are his words. Yeah. Benign neglect on, on the other. Yeah. Um, so there's this famous song that we sing at Christmas time yeah. called Mary Did You Know? And uh, it's got sung a lot <laughs> in my growing up years. But I want to take the title of that song and pose you pose the question to you, George. What, what did Mary know? What did Mary know? Yeah. yeah. Is she as naive and as... Yeah. Um, naive is the right word, as uh, we seem to think uh, right. she is. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, help us with that a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's let's unfold a little bit of this. The Thank angel you. comes and he visits her. Uh, just to show you how my mind works, I, I wondered about Gabriel's mission, right? Here he is. He's sent to a teenager to tell her news that she cannot understand uh, on her own. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. And that is going to change her life and and make it a lot harder. Yeah. From then on. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he relished that mission or <laughs> he went he went reluctantly, you know. Um, but he goes and yeah. he's he's telling her the whole world is going to change. Like right. he's entrusting this message to a teenage girl. Right. Telling her that the whole world is going to be changed and she's going to be part of that change. Yeah. Now that's that's significant. That's a lot. Well, maybe we need to ask, what did Gabriel know too? <laughs> <laughs> Which means, what did God know about Mary? Yeah. Um, hmm. But it's the right question. What, what, did, what did Mary know? Well, after she comes down, she asks clarifying questions. How can that be? Who am I? You know, that all this could happen to me. But she gets the point. Hmm. And uh, the bottom line, she understood understood Hmm. well enough what was going to happen. And she decides, I will be part of God's plan. Whatever that meant at that stage, she has obviously internalized enough of the message to buy into it. It wasn't the first time she's thought about God's plan. 
God's plan is in her, it's in her heart, it's going to come out a little bit later, but, but she understands enough. So what did she know? She knew enough. Yeah, so if nothing else, I think that, that, that point right there is worth pondering. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I think we would, we would want to think that the Holy Spirit was really helping her yeah. right then and there, because I yeah. can't imagine anyone being able to just gladly and, and warmly and easily receive what she yeah. just heard. Yeah. But the fact that she did is worth our pondering, wondering. There must have been some development that has taken place in Mary's yeah. young life yeah. mm-hmm. already. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Um, so... Mm-hmm. She activates her trust by the enabling of the news that she hears by the Holy Spirit convincing her, yeah. "This is right, Mary. Yeah. You can, you can submit to this. You can, you can fully trust this plan. Yeah. God is in charge of this." Yeah. So, in 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 the song of the Beatles, Mary would say, "Let it be. <laughs> let it be." Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, why me? Those Beatles were great She's, theologians. I know. <laughs> so let it be. Why me? Let it be. You uh, know, kind of, yeah. kind of thing. So, um, mm. Gabriel came first, and his first words are, "Mary, rejoice." Mm. Yeah. Rejoice. Uh, something unique is going to happen. Mary, you are, you are, you are, you are, you're graced by God. Yeah. Mary, full of grace, you're yeah. graced by God. Highly favored. Highly favored by yeah. God. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's ever said to anybody else mm. in the whole scriptures. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I don't see that expression uh, just like that to uh, anybody else. Yeah. In uh, Luke two nineteen, uh, when she hears. The news about Elizabeth, and she engages what she hears, and mm-hmm. and all of that is developing. You, you, it says that Mary maintains. This is Scott McKnight's interpretation uh, or translation. He says Mary maintains all she hears from Elizabeth, and is engaging it in her heart. Huh for treasuring it, for pondering it, uh, right? Yeah. That, that's the importance of the, of the meaning there. Mm. In other words, this isn't the first go-around for Mary for doing these kinds of things. Uh, of meditating of or meditating reflecting. on the scriptures, yeah. on what God is doing, on the hope that she had in Messiah coming and changing the world, Yeah, you know? So I think one of the things I'm thinking about George as you're talking is, you know, we don't we don't necessarily need to get tripped up on f- forming a different theology of Mary's identity or who she is, but perhaps we can be more attentive to what Mary's modeling before us. Yes. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's. Yeah, and, and that's the point of all of this. She was a deeply reflective woman. Yeah. Who was able to give voice to those reflections. Yeah. As the Holy Spirit guided her to speak them. Yeah. 
That's a very different view of Mary than a tool mm-hmm. who's completely passive, just being acted upon without having been formed herself. Yeah. So, um, worth pondering. Yeah. And, you know, just a general comment is what what you especially hide inside of you, mm-hmm. in your heart, are the most important things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that you have. Yeah, that's good. And what you hide in your heart is what shapes your life. Uh, yeah. So Mary is treasuring these things, uh, and it's giving shape to how she will be as yeah. a woman, as yeah. the mother of God, as she is called by yeah. Elizabeth, um, the mother of my Lord, yeah. she calls her. Yeah. You know? mm. Wow. Her aunt calls her just that mother of my Lord because the Holy Spirit made John jump inside her and inspired her to say so. Yeah. No one else is given a yeah. title, title like this. Yeah. yeah. And so she breaks out. She in, breaks out. In what yeah. we call Mary's song. Then again at the temple, when Jesus was 12 years old and flexing his independence muscles, you yeah. know, Mary, when he tells her, I, didn't you know, Mom, I must be about my father's business. Right. Like, I'm here on, on what you actually are training me to do. Huh. This, this is happening. Right. Mom, it's, 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 it's going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm paying attention. I'm yeah. in my father's business. And um, she says, uh, let it be. Mm-hmm. He comes back with her. She continues pondering these things uh, in her heart, it yeah. says. Um, that's in Luke 2, 50 and 52. When she heard these things, she hid them in her heart. She comes back home. Jesus comes back with her and is obedient to her all the way through. Yeah. Um, looking at the way she sings, yeah. I'm going to have you read here in a minute sure. the song that, that, that she sings or... Um, well, it's called the song. It's called the Magnificat. Right. Mag- to, mag- to magnificate is to make great, mm. to magnify the mm. name of somebody, is to lift it up yeah. high above all other names. Yeah. And that's what she's doing. She is magnifying mm. this truth, this name yeah. uh, that she has been given to bear for the world. Yeah. So go ahead and you read. ready? All yeah. right. Yeah. Luke 1, 46 to 55. Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has begun to rejoice in God my Savior, because he has looked upon the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, because he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. From generation to generation, he is merciful to those who fear him. He has demonstrated power with his arm. He has scattered those whose pride wells up 
from the sheer arrogance of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up those of lowly position. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. That's the song. It's a really, lot there. It's really worth just, just taking <laughs> 10 seconds and thinking about just the depth yeah. of these words. Yeah. Like imagine a teenager growing up in Israel where women were not considered highly yeah. in that society as far as their ability to be spokesman for God mm. and all of that. Right. And there she is. She is now playing the role of a prophetess. Mm. She's declaring and announcing and prophesying about what is going to mm. happen. Yeah. And that what, what, what is about going to happen yeah. has been expected mm -hmm. so long ago. And what is about going to happen, all the prophets of Israel, the dozens of them, have been saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so she's joining a company of prophets and prophetesses in the history of the people of yeah. God in yeah. announcing and singing the glory and the greatness of God to to Elizabeth for sure. Yeah. But it's this is what makes Mary a rememberable, memorable today. Yeah. People will call me blessed. Look at what she said. Uh, Look at what she's thinking. Yeah. You, you how, used, much, how much did she know? Yeah. She knew at least that much. Yeah, you used the word of an episode or two ago, revolution. Yeah. This song's pretty revolutionary. Yeah. There's some really strong things said about the mighty in the world and the culture. That's right. And what's going to happen with them. And conversely, about those who are on the outskirts mm -hmm. and what their lives could be. Yeah going forward. Yeah. That's pretty strong. No, you wouldn't expect a teenager living no. 2,000 years ago in where in a place where women, you know, uh, uh, Jewish tradition says uh, a Jewish man would pray daily, thank God for not creating me um, a woman. Yeah. Like that. that's part of <laughs> yeah. the common folkloric kinds of yeah. sayings that, that were around a Jewish male would thank God that he wasn't created as a female. Yeah. That's that's Mary's world. That's yeah. how she grew up. Yeah. And yet, look at the depth with which she prays. Look at the maturity that she has in her. And all of it, I believe, again, Jim, we've talked about the Holy Spirit in a previous episode. All of this is Holy Spirit directed, mm -hmm. inspired. Yeah. To show us a picture of Mary as a faithful Israelite person yeah. in comparison to all those who were religious leaders who never heard a thing Jesus said. Yeah. Right? Oh, my. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a conversation with Mary's parents. Yeah. And just ask them. How did, how how did you bring about this? Yeah. yeah. How did you raise Mary? Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot here. Yeah. It's a very mature person's prayer. Yeah.
What do you wonder about Mary, Jim? Huh. Well, it's changed um, over the years, but I think growing up, I think I, I thought she was an important person at the birth of Jesus, uh, for obvious reasons. She was there present. There, there's always been a beauty about her in my mind. And I don't mean just physically, you know, just a beauty of her life and appreciation. But it, it didn't really wade into the realm of significance or importance. I think I was more in the she was a carrier and maybe a tool. I don't think I would have used that word, but, but I think that I've, I've become more curious and I've wondered, she didn't just deliver the Son of God, she raised him, surely with the help of the Holy Spirit, and, and hopefully with Joseph too, uh, but nonetheless, she was given a very, very solemn and important charge, you know, to raise him, and stayed with him, yeah. you know, so... So how much of all of this did Mary know, you asked the question. It seems that she knew a lot. She knew a lot. She knew a lot. Like, yeah. That makes um, sense. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to to walk through the song that we sing today and mm -hmm. ask those questions and ah. and kind of see what yeah. what did Mary know. What did she know? Because that's, that's what the song is yeah. during the Are you Christmas going, going to sing yeah. it for us? Well, no, I, I won't sing it. Um, <laughs> You want to read it? Yeah. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Did she? Hmm. Did she expect him to walk on water? That borders on the miraculous, right? Uh-huh. Well, what about her life is not miraculous? Hmm. Yeah. The way the way the angel came to her, the way she became pregnant, the way everything fell into place, the yeah. way she was rescued um, yeah. by immigrating to Egypt and coming back. And yeah. all, all of these miracles, Mary is living, and, and why would she not think he's yeah. able to do that? Yeah. Right? And I, I think also of the strength, because we, we find her at the cross. Yeah. I mean, she is his mother, so that right. explains part of it, a mother's love for her son. Yeah. But nonetheless, this was not a safe place to find yourself. No, no. Um, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Mm. Well, yeah, from the song that she sings, yeah. God, that's what God is going to do through this, yeah. through this boy yeah. that she's uh, yeah. carrying. Mary, did you know uh, that your boy has come to make you new? Mm. Not, can, can we say that Mary was not totally transformed by that experience? Mm. Like, how can yeah. something like that happen to you yeah. and not be totally made new? Yeah. Repenting of any old way of thinking about what's happening and what God is doing. Yeah. The child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she sang about it. Yeah. 
I, I had a, I just now thought of this, I had a professor uh, who once posed the possibility to us that Mary was the first follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. She was the first disciple. She was the first disciple. Yeah. yeah. And you wonder, like at some point, there was a reversal of that, reversal yes. of that role. Yeah. She discipled him, he discipled yeah. her. Yeah. His father discipled him, he discipled yeah. the, the rest, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's not that hard to grasp, that no. part. You know, I, I think about technology. This is, um, this is a rabbit trail for a minute, but like, I'm my kids disciple me mm -hmm. in more than technology, but especially in technology, mm -hmm. you know, and there's no question in the home, in our home, and our kids are, yeah. you know, yeah. launched and not in our home, but like, conversations about so many things, we're the, we're the learner now. Yeah. They're, yeah. The, they're the teacher. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, another stanza says, Mary, did you know your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mm -hmm. um, that, that he will be able to do miracles, great things. Well, the lowly, the rich are going, the lowly are going to be raised up, the poor will have mm -hmm. uh, their needs met in Jesus, in mm -hmm. Christ. Uh, Mary, did you know that your boy will calm a storm with his hand? Mm -hmm. uh, Mary, did you know that your baby boy walked where angels trod? <laughs> I mean, just from what happened to her and the way it happened, she would be thinking these thoughts and treasuring these thoughts mm -hmm. in her heart. Mm -hmm. And when you kiss your little baby, you you've kissed the face of God. Mm. Yeah. 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 He is. His name will be Emmanuel, right? You're right. God. God with us. with us. Was she aware? Did she know that she was kissing the face of mm -hmm. God? I think so. Yeah. No. In what sense? No. In what sense? I think that's that's a big philosophical questions. But at some level, Mary knew what she was doing, mm -hmm. understood, yeah. to some length. Mary, did you know the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And through pondering, I think, if Mary is able to put two and two together from what happened to her, from what the angel said, from what the Holy Spirit has inspired her to sing and to reflect on. It's not hard for me to see that Mary knew and anticipated all of these things mm -hmm. happening. Although there were moments when she lapsed into doubt, mm -hmm and her humanity uh, shone through, uh, but still, hmm. in the end, hmm. Mary knew. Mary knew. Mary knew. So if you're out there listening and, and you wrote that song, we, th we think we have an answer for you. Mary, yes. Yeah. She knew. Yeah. Maybe not all of it. Maybe not all of it. She knew more than would give her credit. Yeah, that, that's our response anyway.
So, as I was thinking about this, is you know, I asked myself the question: What is, what is the way I ponder? And hmm. um, maybe ask you the question, Jim: uh, What is your favorite way of pondering? And when huh. when you hear those words, what what do you think that means? And yeah. How do you do it? Yeah. My favorite way of pondering. Wow, that's a that's a big question. A or question. a way of pondering yeah. doesn't have to be. You know, I, I like to ride my bike. Yeah. I do better when I'm uh, preoccupied, like riding my bike or mowing the lawn or working in the garage. Uh, and my when my body's moving, I ponder more. If I'm just sitting and thinking. Mm. I, I sometimes yeah. have good moments, but yeah. I often really do well when I'm doing something like riding my bike, mm -hmm. and and I'm, I'm away from people, yeah. just me and my bike on the road. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. What about you? One of my favorite ways of pondering is actually early in the morning when mm -hmm. I wake up. I wake up first in our house, and I make breakfast, and I take my time making mm -hmm. breakfast, uh, and that's my pondering time. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how many thoughts come flooding in for me to huh. to think about, to reflect upon. It's now it's now automatic that's it's like my brain and my body know this is a time to mm. go deep into reflection yeah. about, about the things of life. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm making yeah. breakfast is a time of pondering. Huh. Right. Do you ever get the recipe wrong because you got lost in your thoughts? What I do sometimes is I go to the pantry more than once or twice or three times <laughs> to get the same thing and forgetting why I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that more later <laughs> with your doctor, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think you bring up a good point. I think in many ways, Mary is an excellent teacher yeah. for uh, us. Yeah. Yeah, of, of pondering, yeah. Of, of hiding things, of treasuring things. One way the church has developed this, this ministry of pondering is in some traditions they gave us a practice called the examine, mm -hmm. yeah. which is a time in the evening to, just before you go to bed maybe, take a few minutes and uh, reflect on your day. Ponder in your heart. What has happened today? Have I seen God working yeah. today? Yeah. Where? How did I notice it? Mm. What do I notice about it? Mm. What do I love about it? Can I take joy in it? Can I thank God for it? That's good. Right? Yeah. Um, another way of doing the same thing is to say, okay, if I run through my day through the lens of my imagination, say, okay, I can see where today I didn't answer my friend properly. I mm. kind of snapped at him, or I took my wife for granted, or mm. ah, I shouldn't have looked at, at, at that image. That didn't do anything good for my soul. Mm -hmm. Or w any of those kinds of things that set us back away from, mm -hmm. from being with God. Um, our conscience pricks us. Mm. So during this time of reflection, we we think, okay, is my conscience bothering me? Mm -hmm. And what do I do about it? Yeah. Maybe it's time for me to confess, uh, mm -hmm. to ask forgiveness, mm -hmm. and to determine 
to do something different the following day if I face the same kind mm -hmm. of temptation. Yeah. So that's that's that practice of examine. Uh, am I am I conscious of God during this day, uh, and did my consciousness, or my, did my conscience, prick me mm. while I was thinking about my day? Yeah, it's good. So and, and so that's that's very good reflection. Yeah. Then Philippians talks about Philippians chapter four verses eight and nine. The apostle Paul gives these things for us to ponder. Mm. He says. Whatsoever is true, mm -hmm. whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good reputation, whatever is right, whatever is holy or devout, whatever is friendly and well stated, whatever, whatever has virtue or virtuous things in it, things that the world praises that, that are above other things and he says the word calculate hmm. Scott McKnight calculate yeah translates this hmm. calculate these things yeah. like name them and, and count them and yeah. think about them and, yeah. and compare them one to another and put them together and and yeah. study them and meditate on them and reflect on them and ponder them hmm. right? That's good. Yeah, um, it takes time. It's rich. Yeah, it takes time to ponder, to reflect, yeah. to to sit alone, and to bring God to mind mm. as often as you as you can. Yeah. Um, I can't remember now the name of the author who said that. My son, think magnificently about God. Mm. Yes. Think magnificently about yeah. God. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a wonderful, rich experience to just sit in the dark for three, four, five minutes and think about an aspect of God and see where that takes you. Yeah. And the richness that in, it inspires, it, it places in you and inspires you to, yeah. to think deeper thoughts That's good. of God. Can I sit on my bike? You can sit on thought. your bike and do that. Okay. You can work in your garden doing that. Yeah. You can mow your lawn doing that. Fair enough. You can be swimming. You can be running. You can be doing any activity. But it's just uh, just a simple, like like the guy in the chariots of fire. Mm. When I run, I feel the wind of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Or you can be doing anything and feel the wind of the Spirit. Yeah. And feel that you're connected yeah. with God. Good. Good word, George. That's, that's Mary's lesson to me. Yeah, that's good. So we're, we've we're been thinking about Advent, and we're planning on doing six of these yeah. episodes, and this is we're halfway through. Halfway through. So I think it's a good time just to pause and say we've, we've talked about the Holy Spirit as a principal figure in Advent who, who's a messenger and a principal agent. We've talked about John the Baptist who calls us to think about our thinking, repent, and we see a humility in him. Mm, yeah. And then today, Mary, uh, who knows a lot, yeah, maybe more than we've given her credit, mm -hmm. and we see and learn from her what you've just covered, and that is to stop and think about what we're thinking, but in a way where we're 
slow down and are with it. And I think even this episode, maybe consciously, maybe unconsciously, I, I noticed we slowed down yeah. a little bit. Maybe because we just ate lunch, I don't know. Yeah, could be. But we slowed down and thought about Mary, and mm-hmm. I think maybe there's something good about that. Yeah. So I think the point there is uh, we, we can take the nativity it doesn't just have to sit on her mantle. Yeah. It's, it's, it has some things to say to us. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So very good. It's a time to reflect. Time Christmas to reflect. Christmas is a good time to reflect yeah. on all that's happening. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, George. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today in this third episode of this series on Advent as we're looking at key figures in the Advent story. You've been listening to the Soul Renovate podcast. You can follow us by any of your podcast apps. Be sure to rate or review us. That really helps us a lot in getting better and getting the word out. The resources that we reference in these podcasts, you can find in our show notes. Our website is soulrenovate.us. If you want to know more about us, we invite you to check us out. Thank you for joining us.